1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. As always, I'm your host, Morgan. It's been quite a week, quite a time in my life, in everybody's lives. As you know, David is gone. My lovely fiance who had to go back to London. So it's been my first full week without him here. And I'm sad. I'm bored. I joined Orange Theory, which is how you know I'm really bored. I haven't worked out since before the pandemic. I would do the, you know, what is it? The three... 312, 3.5, whatever, you know, the, the TikTok craze where you walk on the treadmill and watch the bachelor, but oh my God, it, it would be so bored. And I was like, I need to do something new. I need another hobby. That's like movement based. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't move. I feel like I'm getting bed sores. I feel like I'm Willy Wonka's grandparents in the movie, just laying on the bed constantly watching reality TV. So I'm on a wellness journey and there you have it. My legs are absolutely destroyed. I'm walking around like I'm on stilts. I feel like a real life jelly bean, even though jelly beans don't really um, jiggle. Bad analogy. Bad analogy. All I'm trying to tell you is that I'm really bored. I'm so bored. I bought a Orange Theory membership, but it's good for me. It's good for me to get out of the house. Things to look forward to. Bravo con. The announcement dropped this week. It's going to be in Las Vegas, and I've already had a time. Already had a time booking a room. I tried to go through the Bravo website, you know, because they have all these hotels that they partner with, and and I couldn't book the day that I wanted to book. And then I had to call customer service three times to get in a day earlier, and it cost more. It was just a whole thing. And in the meantime, I'm trying to coordinate with David because he wants to go with me this year. Listen to this, there are there are moments in my life where I'm like, this is how I know that you are the one for me, David Preston. I asked him, I'm like, Dave, do you want to come to BravoCon with me this year? And you know, he doesn't know about this stuff. He he watches in the background. He he does like Vanderpump Rules and Summer House, though. I'll say that. But he goes, yeah, I want to go. I can like take. I can like shoot the content for you. <laughs> What? I was like, "What? Did you just say?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll follow you around like with my camera and make videos and stuff for you." I was like, "You are a baby angel sent from the good Lord specifically from or specifically for me. So, marry the right person. But anyways, we are going to get into all of it today. Yes, that train wreck of a Tom Sandoval interview, even though we all ended up hating Howie Mandel, even more than Tom Sandoval. But before we get into that, let's talk about the pop three. These are the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. The cropped handhold heard around the world, tasha Adams and lucal Branson found themselves in a little social media soiree this week. Because they're dating and they want to keep it low key. I mean, let's just put all the cards out on the table. We know that they're seeing each other. We know that they've been seeing each other, which is why I really didn't understand this whole debacle. But let's get into it. In case you are new here, Tasha, formerly The Bachelorette, a Bachelor Nation member, has been hanging out with Summer House Star, Winter House Star, Luke, Branson. So it's a nice little Bachelor Bravo crossover that everybody is loving. It's been posted on Dumois. You know, there's been tags and Instagram stories, and they spent the day together on Easter with Carl and Lindsay, Andrea and Lexi, a few others. There was a really big Easter gathering at Carly, Carl and Lindsay's apartment, and Tasha and Luke went together. But It was when Lindsay Hubbard posted a group photo of Taysha and Luke holding hands that everything kind of flipped on its head. It was quickly deleted and then reposted with Taysha and Luke cropped out of the photo. It could not have been more glaringly obvious that these two did not want to be in the picture or they just at least didn't want it out on social media. So here's what I will say. Hypothetically, wink, wink. You can see if you're watching on YouTube, but if you're listening, I'm winking hypothetically. To me, one member of that maybe unofficial relationship asked for the picture to be taken down and then reposted with them cropped out of it. What I do understand because it's been a spectacle and maybe this person wasn't entirely ready to go public with their relationship yet, but also. Like, maybe don't get in the group picture that, you know, they had to take on a self-timer because everybody that was at the apartment was in that picture. Like, what do you what do you think that they're going to do with the picture? Print it out at CVS and make a scrapbook of Easter 2023? No, they're going to put it on social media. And then and then even if you do get in the group picture, like maybe don't hold hold hands. I don't know. I think it's kind of silly. I think the whole thing was kind of silly because we already knew that they were seeing each other. It's been all over Dumois, you know, but as Hub said in the comment section of that picture, well, this is awkward. And it was very awkward. I don't know why. I don't know why Tasha would care that much. Maybe she's just trying to be more reserved. We'll put it that way. Okay. Headline number two, uh, we have love is blind news. Jacquelina has emerged as the new villain, not only because of what we've seen on the show, but because of some leaked texts about Marshall. So... Let's just recap what happened on last week's episode drop because fans already weren't happy with Jacqueline because she didn't go to her dress fitting, she met up with Josh, agreed to get into a relationship before ending the one with Marshall. At least that's what was presented to the audience and Jackie saying, "Well, no, that's not true. It was aired out of order. I had actually talked to Marshall and broke up with him before I saw Josh at the coffee shop date." There are some people saying that that is her trying to save face because it doesn't add up because she says in the conversation that she's seen Josh, I don't know. I think it definitely will be addressed at the live reunion. It's going to, I am very excited to see this live because you know, if it wasn't live and it was disparaging maybe to Netflix and the production company by airing it out of order and like presenting this narrative that Jackie's a cheater and she's really not. Um, they can't edit that out if Jackie pulls out receipts because it's going to be live like they maybe would have been able to do in the past. Um, but also, you know, you guys, if you've listened to any one of my podcasts, you know that I've slowly been on this journey with Jackie where, you know, at the beginning, I gave her the benefit of the doubt, even though I was seeing some red flags in behavior just about the way that she was talking about the other women at first. Um, and then slowly throughout the season, we just have kind of seen her unravel and do different things that fans really aren't happy with. Now, I'll say I feel the same way about Jackie as I did Irina and Micah, where they're normal people on Love is Blind. You don't need to be in their DMs, like take the show for what it's worth. Obviously, you can react to it, but like don't go ballistic, okay? But now there are very incriminating texts, alleged texts from Jackie To a friend that has since had a falling out with her since um, the show has been airing and since filming. And, you know, to put it lightly and to make it kind of as vague as possible while still giving you the context, these texts are Jacqueline questioning Marshall's sexuality, which is like just so why you would ever do that is beyond me, especially somebody that you're engaged to. She also says in these texts, we got to make it stretch for TV. So using Marshall for cloud, there were pictures of her and Josh in these text exchange. So I guess... The person that leaked these are alluding to the fact that she was seeing Josh while they were still filming. It's all alleged. And we know at this stage in the game, text messages especially can be doctored. So, you know, don't go like full on tiki torch, burn our house down until we actually get some concrete evidence that these are from her. Um, But she's going to have a lot to answer for at the reunion. If Nick and Vanessa stop touching each other long enough to ask somebody a good question, that's one thing I'm worried about the live reunion is that the Lachey's are going to butcher it because they kind of butchered the ones that aren't live. So let's see. I'm I'm once again going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that this will be explained and she'll say maybe that it's not true and she'll prove it to us. But it's not looking good. Okay, third and final headline. Also in the Love Is Blind universe, Bartiz has a baby. Bartiz has a baby. Bartiz has a child, an offspring. Bartiz is a father, and he announced it on Instagram over the weekend. It was literally the last thing anyone was expected. He anyone was expecting. He says. Might have been the villain on TV, but I'm gonna be the hero for him. Instagram, meet my little man, hashtag big fella. Baby's name is Aiden. It does not to me look like a newborn. I don't have a ton of experience with newborns, so I could be wrong. But to me, the baby looks to be about two or three months old. So obviously, fans confused about the timeline of the birth of Bartise's baby son, as he was just on. Love is Blind, season three, and then season one of Perfect Match. So let's walk through this timeline and see where this could have potentially taken place. So filming for season three of Love is Blind started in June of 2021. Filming for Perfect Match happened in March of 2022. And then after The Altar was filmed in late 2022. So essentially it went Love is Blind, They all know the production team at least knows that Nancy and Bartis don't make it out. So a little less than a year later, he goes on perfect match. And then however many months after perfect match, he goes on after the altar. So I think when putting together a possible timeline, it would have been after perfect match. And then the woman gets pregnant you know, before, after the altar was filmed, maybe around the same time. I really don't know. Uh, the mom has been revealed on page six. Her name is Olivia. She did make all of her social medias private. So she might not want the attention. So I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, the extent of their relationship is unknown, but wow, what a curveball. Speaking of curveballs, it's time for the deep dive. Every single week, On my Instagram, at Morgan P. Talks, I ask you guys, what is it that you want to know more about? No surprise here, what the deep dive is gonna be about, but it comes to us from Kenzie.
0: Hey Morgan, it's Kenzie here from Cairo, Egypt. We need a deep dive on this scandal of an interview with Howie Mandel. Do we believe anything that he said? His PR team needs a PR team. And Howie Mandel, oh my goodness. He said, I don't get why this is such a big deal. Morgan, please, please, please take the wheel on this one. I just also want to say Morgan Pop Talks is my obsession. I love it so much. Thank you for making a podcast. Thank you for your page. It's my favorite place to go. And Morgan, you have the floor.
1: Now that is a deep dive submission. Kenzie crushed it from Egypt. We're international now, baby. Love you like a sis. Thank you for the kind words. Oh my gosh, means the world to me. I have actually recruited help to dig through the disaster of an interview that was Tom Sandoval on Howie Mandel's podcast. Entertainment journalist and host Gibson Johns is going to join us. You've probably seen his interviews with many Bravo labs on We Should Talk by In the Know by Yahoo. So please welcome Gibson. Gibson, thank you for joining MPT this week. How are you?
0: I am doing as well as anybody could after watching that hour and 20 minute interview that we had, that we both have watched.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like I went through a traumatic experience and I have literally (laughs) nothing to do with it. Can we just start out with what I think surprised all of us the most, how horrific Howie Mandel was in this interview? Like, where do we even begin with him?
0: I mean, it's just <laughs> you'd expect him to at least just like watch an episode. Or yeah. I mean, clearly this was like some back deal where, like, I guess what like his podcast pro- pod- podcast producer is married to Tom Sandoval's band's drummer slash manager. Like, it was clearly some back deal that, like, yeah. oh, you can get you can get like the coup of the of the reality TV world by doing this interview. And then you, I'm sure you got a huge spike in viewership, because I've never even heard of this podcast before. So like, I don't know. I don't know who's watching Howie Mandel's podcast. But um, yeah, it's, you'd expect that anybody doing this interview would do that. But I, I guess for him, he just knew he was going to get viewership. And he just like, mm-hmm. was like, it. I don't know. It was well- rough.
1: And especially because, you know, he does the podcast with his daughter. And you could tell that his daughter actually knew what was going on. And she I felt like she kept giving him the side eye, like, Dad, what are you doing? Like I know you are burying yourself right now. I felt bad for her.
0: I would I wish she could have just done the interview. Like yeah. whenever she chimed in, I was like, Oh, she's gonna like, you know, bring back some some reality to this situation because she actually knew what she was talking about.
1: Right. And I mean all of our first questions, but you just uh kind of shed some light to it. People were asking why this podcast, why Howie Mandel's yeah. podcast, but obviously that connection that nobody knew, the manager and the drummer for Sandoval's cover band is married to Howie's podcast producer. So I'm just imagining the conversations that they were having behind the scenes. Like, like, dude, you know, all this stuff is fake news and you need to get your story out there and you need to do mm-hmm. it in a safe space. Like, do this. 100%. They just completely fumbled the bag
0: completely fumbled the bag and it's like what you just said is definitely exactly what the conversation was was Mm -hmm. like you need this safe space and like he went totally unchallenged and like that's what he wanted but yeah if he had the right people advising him if he didn't have clearly like so many yes people around him he would have been told that like no like it's actually better if you had gone to somebody one who is like informed about the subject at all to begin with and two somebody who will push back on you at least a little bit just to like make it not seem like such a layup of a, of a scenario for you to do your first tell all, like even, even if he had gone to like a different venue where that was the case, I think it would have been received better than it has been.
1: Today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin, and if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show, support your girl, tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. And not to mention the reunion is coming out in like I know. a month. Like you can't wait a month. I feel like especially because the story was starting to die down and you just mm-hmm. relit the match and 100%. not in your favor.
0: Yep. And I wonder if like he thought it would go differently. Because I bet I'm it sounds like the reunion goes really badly for him. And so mm-hmm. I wonder if he was like, let me get ahead of it, do like a softball interview, get my story out there, but like this was not the way to do it. And he completely, like you said, fumbled the bag.
1: Totally. So I think one thing that I I just want to highlight quickly, and then we're going to move into the timeline that he kind of laid out. Um, there have been people on the Internet, and, and people always do this with reality TV in general, that think this whole thing was fake and organized. Order- right for ratings. But I'm really glad that he said, even though we all kind of rolled our eyes, that he's worked too hard for his image, his business, his integrity to yeah. ever think he would get himself into something like that. And I'm like, okay, at least he's admitting that this, not that he would ever admit that it was fake, but that's my thing. You you have all these businesses that is your name and your face. You're not going to bury yourself in a scandal like this and essentially blow your entire life up.
0: Yeah. I, I'm glad he said that too. But I also think that he greatly underestimated what the what the blowback would have would be from this you know he wasn't like I mean I do believe I one thing I do believe that he said was that like he he clearly was not thinking logically he was not thinking with reason in these last five to six months like since he's been infatuated with Raquel like (laughs) I don't like I I he clearly was not thinking right and so like I don't I think that that informs the fact that like he is so incredulous about how big this became. And like, if he had, if he wasn't in that weird mindset, he would have realized, no, like this is going to be like a really big deal. And like you, you completely stepped in it after all this brand building you've done, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that drives me nuts with reality TV stars, specifically Bravo stars, not so much the bachelor or like love is blind because because those people are are going on a on a competition show essentially but if you're a bravo celebrity you know that your job is to get people invested in you your life your business mm-hmm. so they always want us to be invested when things are going well but you can't ask the audience to immediately turn it off when things go south and now we're too invested and there's too much coverage and can you guys just shut up like no you can't have your cake and eat no. it too.
0: no no 100 percent. and i think that's so interesting because in the interview he claims that ariana like threatened to pull out of the show if they were to break up and have that show up show up, be on the show and and kind of do that publicly and he said that like that was not something that she was comfortable doing and that he, and he was criticizing her for that. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. at the end of the, at the end of the interview, he's literally like, well, I don't owe anybody anything about like, you know, filling in the blanks and and sharing the details. It's like, yeah, you do, buddy. You literally owe us all of that because we're so invested and we have given you, we have helped give you this career that you have. 100%.
1: So let's just quickly go through the timeline and I'll kind of ask you thoughts and opinions on specific things that he said. Um, So we learned that it started on boys night when they kissed. He admits that Schwartz was never into Raquel, which I found to be a little throw him under the bus moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe not intentionally, but um, that, that Schwartz only kissed Raquel to say, screw the haters, which is exactly what Katie has been saying this whole entire time, that you guys are only doing this to hurt me. So vindication, which makes it
0: worse, which makes it worse, so like, much it just worse. Makes the whole thing worse.
1: And Tom, I mean Tom Schwartz, tries to portray himself as you know the nice guy, and and you had a good husband in me, and it's like no, nah, this is not how a good husband or even an ex husband would act.
0: Yeah, no, it's he, he thinks he did something by revealing that, but it again, it, no, again, it's, it's again, it's it's all gonna get back to this whole thing of like. He is misreading so much of this. He Mm -hmm. just really is.
1: He says he was also pushing Schwartz and Raquel to get together so that they could all hang out, which I found to be like kind of weird. Um, um, And then everything was super secretive, obviously, for seven months. He and Ariana were in couples therapy. And he says he wanted to break up with her in therapy, but then ended up breaking up with her on Valentine's Day about two weeks before the scandal came out, which... Let's start with let's start with breaking up on Valentine's Day as if it's better that it was two weeks before the news came out. There's still six months worth of affair unaccounted for.
0: And then when he says that, he was like, "What would it have been better if I'd done it the day after, the day before?" And it's like, actually, like, yeah, like even yeah. though it sounds kind of silly, <laughs> like it would it would have been better if you had done it a day later or a day before. And yeah, I think that like he thinks he was, I think he thinks that like him saying that he has tried to break up with her all these times. And he made it very clear that he was over the relationship. Like maybe that's true, but he never told her about Raquel. Like he Mm -hmm. was like, Oh, she picked up on little things. Well, like she turned a blind eye, but it's like, but dude, like you never manned up and told your partner of almost a decade Mm -hmm. that you having an affair and, and you were in love with this other woman like you never told her that she had to find out that out by going into your phone so like yeah again like i think it's like okay yeah maybe you tried to break up with her like on the worst day possible but, but like, <laughs> how does it make you look any better than, than than you were before
1: yeah and i mean he he almost says like it's ariana's fault that she didn't know you know because he says i don't know how she couldn't have known like i was facetiming raquel and i was pulling away but it's like no, you still have had no communication with this girl and no respect for her. That's the thing is that there's yeah. there was no respect for Ariana whatsoever. And one thing no, that I really mean. bothered me is how he said, you know, uh we we started going to couples therapy and he admits he's not going to couples therapy to fix their relationship, but to have a mediator there when he's going to break up with her in a therapy session. I was like, "What?"
0: Yeah, no, literally, he he literally just did that for like, so that there could be like a witness. That's, that's literally like what he was saying, which is,
1: can you imagine Ariana thinking, oh, Tom and I are going to couples therapy together to work work on our issues. And the whole time his plan, you know, we've been hearing all about the plan. I had a plan. I had a plan. And it was to break up in a therapy session. That to me was just icky.
0: Icky. And like, it gives her this it gave her, it must've given her such a sense of a false sense of yes. hope about what, what it was going to look like going forward. And like, to make that even worse, he was talking about how, like, this is the best version of Ariana he had seen in such a long time. And almost a direct quote, I think is like, he basically, he said, whoever gets this version of Ariana is the luckiest person in the world. And it's like, dude, you had that version of Ariana yeah. for months because you guys were going to couples therapy because she thought that you were working on your relationship to make it better. Like,
1: Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You wanna spend your time outside and not in the kitchen with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to com slash pop talks 50 and use code pop talks 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code pop talks 50 at factormeals.com slash pop talks 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Uh. And, mean, and meanwhile, he was completely checked out because he was completely. in love with another woman. hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just it's literally such, like.
0: like I, I, he, he was in love with her and trying to spend like every waking moment with her, FaceTiming her like in mm-hmm. the other room. And like you said, trying to sp- spend more time with her and Schwartz together. Like the whole thing is just so one track minded and so completely self-centered.
1: Yeah. Very, very selfish. Um, let's get into some of the reasons that he gave. Some people will call them reasons. Some people will call them excuses. We'll, we'll get into mm-hmm. it. But um, he said they live two different lives. Uh, that they handled depression and anxiety very differently. Ariana isolated. He liked to go out and be social. He admitted to having a midlife crisis. You know, he was like, I turned 40. I felt trapped. I felt bleak. I needed to feel alive again. And he alluded to stalling the breakup because he wanted to protect the brand that they built together. What were your thoughts on that?
0: I'm not, I just would, I wish he had kind of explained maybe more like what he thought that brand was, because I I think, I do think that part of the, part of the sort of intrigue and outrage around the scandal is tied to the fact like they, yeah, they were like this constant couple for us over the years that like, as everything else was sort of breaking apart, like they were a, a really long time constant, but I still don't like think that their brand was like this. Super like lovey dovey relationship that they were like a a twosome, like them against the world. Like that was not their brand to me. They were very, they're much more like chill as a couple. So I don't really know like what, like like, what conjoined brand he's really kind of alluding to other than just like being like a solid couple. You know what I mean? To me, is not to not, not like super like, I don't know, grabby.
1: Yeah. And I, I think the interesting part about it is that. Tom Sandoval, I think, um, I I don't want to say that Ariana doesn't have an individual brand because she definitely does, but that's not thanks to Tom Sandoval because he's always trying to insert himself in her stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, So if there's anybody to blame for maybe the two of them always being joined together, I I think it's Tom and it's, it's yep. really not, it's not a Tom bashing situation. I don't want to to come across as that, but think about it. He's got his restaurants. He has his band. She wanted to do a cocktail book by herself and she could not. So whose mm-hmm. whose who's fault was that? It was Tom's.
0: Tom's and, and, and what's interesting. And what also like, if you think about that in conjunction with the fact that now Tom's brand is much more aligned with Tom Schwartz. Like it's, he's much Mm -hmm. more in line with the Tom Tom brand and like, but he's always kind of part of this duo where he has to kind of use the other person to hog the spotlight, but he can't Mm -hmm. do it, but he can't really do it completely on his own. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not, he's not likable enough. I don't think, I don't think he ever really has been. And like, I think we can talk about it later, but like there's a couple moments in this interview where like, I think he, he, tries to fall back on that sort of like goofy Tom Tom Kind of branding, yeah. as he would say, that it doesn't work anymore for him. And it doesn't work when he's not with the other Tom either.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, he says, I don't want to say anything negative about Ariana. And then I feel like he unloads like all this personal information that. May or may not be true. I mean, let's just be real. We don't know their conversations behind closed doors. We don't know if she's really said she'd quit the show, delete social media, move away. We don't know that. Um, I will say we've seen her say stuff like that on the show. You know, she wants to leave her life. We've seen her. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that maybe she did feel that way. But what I really, what I don't like is that, He's kind of painting the picture that he was held hostage in this relationship. And he did the same thing with Kristen. And I don't Mm. like the comparison because they're two totally different situations. Like I hate when people are like, well, he, you know, Ariana was the same person as Raquel and Chris. No, the two situations are completely different. And even Kristen will say that. I agree. But there are the similarities. Like, I couldn't break up with her because I didn't know what she would do. And she's the one that wouldn't let go. And it took me a minute to remember like the same thing that he says there about Ariana. He said 10 years ago about Kristen. So Mm. is that just his, his way of rationalizing?
0: Yeah. And I think it also ties back to like the environment that he did this interview in, of like that, that kind of like scapegoating to the other person. Like you can't say like, Oh, I wish the best for her. I'm so glad she's thriving. I'm not gonna say anything bad about her and then say all this shit. Like you can't Yeah. That does that doesn't excuse you saying all this stuff and using her as sort of the punching bag, like using the woman as the punching bag again. But like the environment that he's doing this interview in, that's not gonna go that's not gonna be challenged. That's not gonna be whatever. Like I guess how his daughter did that a little bit, but like really not, not so much. And yeah, um I totally agree. I see I see those comparisons and I think that some of the stuff that he said about Ariana felt like way too personal for him to be sharing definitely without her clearance. And I don't know. it, It definitely made me feel icky. Like you said before.
1: Yeah. And then even like, even when he explains the time that he and Raquel first kissed, right. Where it's like, I was, I just needed to feel alive again. And I, I haven't felt wanted and always annoyed. I'm like, I am having flashbacks of Sir circa 2012. Like it's exactly what he said about Kristen. And I'm, I'm just like, is this your scapegoat for every relationship you've ever been in? Is this your pattern where you feel like a relationship has run its course? And instead of, you know, being an adult and having adult conversations, you, find an easy way out by finding the next best thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he's, it's, I think the hard part about reality TV is that unfortunately a lot of the time bad behavior like this is rewarded because because mm. we, we love to watch it and like yeah. it, it creates for good TV. So that behavior in the past, yeah, he might have been vilified for it, you know, within the context of the show and, and whatever, but you know, it ultimately it kept on the show. It, it, it built the show into what it is now and like even if it's just subconscious for him where it's like, he, he knows he can get away with this behavior. Ultimately, like he's probably not going to be fired from the show. Like he's probably not going to be, you know, like he's, he's contributing to this whole ecosystem yet again, by behaving badly. And, and I think that he also in some respects kind of got away with it for a little bit over the years because like there were worse people around, you know, or like there were, there there were bigger targets that kind of hogged some of that, that energy or that, that sort of, uh, that negativity and so yeah it's it, re- history really does repeat itself when it comes to Vanderpump rules and we're just seeing <laughs> that time and time again <laughs> so
1: true more than any other show I feel like um mm-hmm. and I know that we did touch on this but I want to go a little bit deeper about how he complains about the amount of coverage that the scandal is getting I I first of all, it's because it was so shocking because they have portrayed themselves as such a strong couple. And like, like I've said before, whose fault is that? It's like, it's their fault for making us Mm -hmm. believe that they had no problems. But also let's think really about what else perpetuated this. It was the restraining order. So that would be Mm -hmm. Raquel's fault. It was Tom's first whack apology apologizing to his business partners and not ariana that perpetuated the story it then was raquel and tom's other statements so again it's like you can't complain when you contribute i feel like if it wasn't for that restraining order things would have been a lot less even because he complains about how much Sheena's talking about it and how much LaLa's talking about it. What did you make of him kind of pointing the finger at those two?
0: I thought that was so predictable. Mm. And again, it's, it's, it's also part of this thing of like, I don't blame them for talking about it and for capitalizing on it. Like this is, that's part of the gig of being a reality star, which is like taking these moments of like, obviously like it starts with like a really bad actor or or like a really um, hurtful thing that happens. But like, you're supposed to capitalize on it because ultimately it feeds the main beast, which is the show. Like the ratings for Vandal rules haven't been this big in like four or five years, yeah. I think at this point. So it's mm-hmm. like you yeah. again, he wants to have a cake and eat it too. Like you can't act like this, be on a reality show, you know, criticize your your partner of ten years for not wanting to be open and not potentially breaking up on the show. And then criticize your co-stars yeah. for doing exactly what you're criticizing her for doing. And I mean, I guess it's not exactly because they're just feeding off of their experience. But like, how many times have other people fed off, you know, Lala and 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 Randall, or mm-hmm. you know, a, a Sheena moment? Like, it they they all do it to one another, you know. And you you can't yeah. play victim because he's not the victim in any of this.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Um, Yeah. And I think just the podcasting landscape in general has changed the game. And you know, who, who are the two most outspoken Sheena and Lala? They're the only Mm -hmm. two that like are actively on their podcast. I honestly don't know how much Katie records her podcast if it's every week, Uh, but she's been pretty low key about it. Um, I will say that Lala is starting to get on my nerves with it a little bit. And it's, it's only because she admitted to not being good friends with Ariana and she like is the one that's really
0: right. I mean, and, they were fighting last season. Yeah. You
1: know? and, and that does bug me a little bit, but when it comes to Sheena, Sheena is Ariana's best friend mm-hmm. and she was best friends with Tom Sandoval. So I think if anyone is going to uh, talk about it on the cast and have a right to talk about it, it's Sheena. And because she was also deceived by Raquel.
0: Yeah. And yeah, she, she was a seed by Raquel. She's actually involved here because she was pushing Schwartz and Raquel together. Mm-hmm. And it, she, she actually has kind of a, a horse in this race, I think. And, yeah. um, you know, and also it's like, it's not like they are like spilling so much tea on their podcast. Like, yeah, right. they're like sharing, they're sharing <laughs> their feelings, but they're literally not contractually allowed to right. kind of spill the beans on shenanigans of Sheena Shea. Like they're, she's not allowed to do that. So like, ultimately like what they're doing is fairly harmless you mm-hmm. know yeah they're probably they're, their listenership is probably peaking but like that doesn't affect sandoval at all yeah. you know like like he like he he's trying to displace some of the blame and attention onto them, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, we're not, we're, I don't think we're taking the bait,
1: <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, they're not spilling the tea because I paid five dollars to join Sheena's Patreon to listen to her <laughs> no, episodes not. early, <laughs> and I was you. like, and then she gets on, she's like, we can't say anything, and I'm like, yeah, give me my yep. five dollars back, Sheena. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I wish that we could hear that. I think Lala like scrapped an entire hour-long episode that the producer said she couldn't release. I want to listen to that. That's what yes. I want to
1: hear. Okay, yes. so that perfectly leads us into the next point, that everything we've seen today is that Bravo is so not happy with Tom Sandoval mm-hmm. for doing this interview. There are rumors that he might be fired over it. Um, I know, and I only have limited experience with this, but any time that I... I'm interviewing a Bravo celebrity, and I know you have much better experience, so I'm hoping you can answer the question. But any time that I want to have a Bravo Leb on the podcast and their show is currently airing, they have to get approval from Bravo, or they can't yeah. come on the show. Is that how it works I'm, for you too?
0: Yeah, and most of the most of the time when I interview somebody whose show is on, there's a Bravo person on the line as well,
1: yes, listening in
0: in case they say something they shouldn't say. Yes. So that, yeah, that's how it works.
1: Mm-hmm. S- and there's no way, there's no way that Bravo approved this interview. No, or that definitely, there was somebody def- there. definitely
0: not. It was, it was definitely a curveball for them. Um, again, especially considering as we talked about the reunion has not aired and it's like, I'm sure a lot of this is covered. Um, Andy felt is clearly really annoyed about it. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure it's repetitive for what's, it, especially probably what was in his one-on-one sit down with Sandoval at the reunion. So that's, de- it's definitely, um, it definitely caught them by surprise and, and they're, I'm sure they're not happy with it. Um, and I think that, I don't think he'll be fired for it though, because I think it's, it's not that different from, I mean, it's, it's a different situation, but like, ultimately I think it's kind of in the same realm as like what Robin did for on um Potomac, which is like, yeah. she, she, she kind of went off, she kind of went off and did her kind of in her own space, like revealed something and it was mm-hmm. under, on her own terms without clearance. And like, She's still fil- she's filming the next season of Potomac, so I don't think that it's going to impact his future on the show. But it could impact—I don't know. I, I, Contract. I'm sure he's. They yeah, have yeah, got sure to put a idea. clause
1: in about podcasts yeah. because yeah. the problem. I think I think they're <laughs>
0: definitely yeah. It's it, that you're you're right. It's a new era where they have to really think deeply about like what what their talent is allowed to do, and like obviously it complicates it even more when they have their own podcast because then they right. have like if, like if if Sandoval had his own podcast, like he could have done that interview with Howie, like just on his own like he could have done like a Mm -hmm. like a like a monologue about it for an hour you know so i don't know they're definitely not happy
1: (laughs) no and they shouldn't be um no one more thing i want to talk about with him and then i want to ask you about one rumor and then we'll wrap up but he Mm -hmm. did say that he and raquel were not currently together in a romantic manner do you believe him
0: i mean maybe not right this second do i think that like last week they might have slept together absolutely i mean he he (laughs) drove he drove he he drove her to the airport like six Mm -hmm. days ago you know what i mean like okay like what were and did she and she slept over at his house and ariana was out of town with Mm -hmm. her luggage so like what do we think they're doing just like cuddling up like like not touching like why they watch tv like on couch? like no come on be real like maybe they haven't maybe it's been like a week, you know? (laughs) And and like, listen, the one thing I will say, like, I think that one thing that I think that was, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give him too much credit about saying it's commendable, but like him taking a look at like his relationship with alcohol and drinking, like Mm -hmm. that is something that probably does deserve genuine attention for him. He said he's been sober for four days, which is, I'm not going to pass any judgment about how long somebody has been sober for or how long he's going to go for. But like, I think that's one element of this where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like good for him for actually addressing that. But like, I think that the, as he said several times with interview, honestly, like the self-reflection has really just begun. Like he didn't, in those early days of, of, of Scandaball, he was not reflecting on himself at all, regardless of what his state statements to the public were saying. So, yeah. you know, maybe he's also four days sober from Raquel, you know, like who knows? It's yeah. <laughs> like,
1: heroin. He's not drinking. Yeah. He's, he's not, not doing drugs. You said
0: it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, one last thing and I I really have not addressed this on my page or on the podcast because I've seen no truth to it, but I'm getting a million questions about it. There's like a new rumor emerging about Brock. Did you see this? Right.
0: I've seen this floating around, but I don't really know um, I don't really know like what the what the details are.
1: So the rumor is and and I don't know specifically, but it's something along the lines of that Brock also hooked up with Raquel while he was with Sheena after a drunken night out. And he allegedly spilled these details to his friends and that it was going to come out eventually. Um, I just, you have to take these kinds of things with a grain of salt and I'm not going to believe it until Mm -hmm. we see like some more concrete evidence. So I get. I kind of just wanted to put that out there that you can't believe every blind item you see on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm with you on that. Like I, in the early days of Dumois, I really, I paid a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Um, but I've stopped paying a lot of attention to it because just anybody could be submitting something like that. To, to, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how that's, how this got out there or how, where this started. Um, I, I doubt that is true. I don't know anything about it. Um, but again, like, unless like Sheena releases an episode on her podcast at the end of this week where it's like, cause now I know their release schedules. She releases <laughs> not <laughs> not them before, um, unless she like, she, I'm sure she's aware of this rumor. So, yeah. she, you know, she could easily address it like an, it, like with one, one sentence, at the beginning of her podcast, like who knows, but, yeah. um, I think she would be smart to address it because like, she, it's going to help, it would help her viewer, her listenership again. But, um, you know, Kyle and Amanda, are, I think, are really good at addressing stuff like this. Like they were, they'll just like go on what happens live and like laugh it off and yeah. move on. Um, so I think that she'd be wise to to nip this in the bud, assuming it's not true, and just be like, nope, that's not true. Like we laughed about it, we saw that. Yeah, um, that to me is like the best way to approach these things because you give it so you give it such little air, but you also just like dispel it really quickly before it starts to gain steam. Right. Um, I don't know. So I, I tend not to believe.
1: That. Yeah, I don't either. But like if it was true, Sheena would Sheena would tell us it wasn't anyways. Like it would be a Rob Valletta 2.0. Like, no, he did not kiss <laughs> the uh what was it? The hostess at Tokemodera. You know, like, it would be 100 <laughs> percent denial. But oh I my can't gosh, blame
0: days. No, I, yeah, I um and maybe she's saving it. Honestly, maybe she's saving it for for next season. Like honestly, like they need to. <laughs> draw the, one, the, the, the <laughs> one thing is like I, I really hope one that they pull like what they did last time with Beverly Hills just like pick up the cameras really quickly mm-hmm. um, I hope that they do that because there's definitely like such prime content being missed right now like between the cameras going down and the, re- and the final episode the airing and the reunion airing like we need we need to get sort of the tail end of this I think um, yes and that's honestly a great storyline for her um, I think that like a lot of I've, I've I listened to a lot of different things and it, it, some people think that, you know, one of the reasons why she was pushing Schwartz and Raquel together so intensely was to, like to give herself like something substantial to do in the early parts of this season yeah. like, before her wedding. I'm um, like, I don't know. I, I, I see that. I don't, I don't really know if I like think here or there about that, but like, you know, she, Sheena is a savvy woman and she yeah. like, she wants to maintain her place on this show. And I think that like maybe using that little kernel of a rumor and we've seen it play out on millions of housewives shows time and time again, where it's yep. like, even if it's an unsubstantiated claim, like you can make that your storyline for 15 episodes. Yeah. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she holds on to that or if she just like makes a whole podcast episode about it. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Time will tell. Well, yes. Gibson, thank you so much for joining. I had such a good time. Please tell everyone where they can find your content, where they can follow you on social media.
0: Yeah. So you can follow me at Gibsonoma, G-I-B-S-O-N-O-M-A on any social media platform. I have a podcast called We Should Talk where I interview one or two people a week. Usually it's a Bravo person. Um, You can find that wherever your podcasts. And um, I also have a newsletter, gibsonoma.substack.com, where I actually broke this interview down on there as well. So Yes, I read (laughs) it. I loved it. It (laughs) It was so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, really fun.
1: Thank you. Take a break from Scandaval and we'll be back at it, I'm sure, again next week.
0: (laughs) I'll be back whenever you need me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Gibson. Okay, to wrap things up, we're going into a big weekend with the Love is Blind finale and the live reunion show. So let's just do some predictions. We're going to get the final episode of season four on Friday and then the live reunion on Sunday. So here are my predictions. And then next week, we will check back to see how many I got correct. Um, We ended on a bit of a cliffhanger last week with Chelsea and Kwame. They were the first ones to walk down the aisle to have their wedding day. And we've already seen Chelsea say yes. Now, Chelsea and Kwame give me the same vibes as Matt and Colleen, where you think it's not going to happen. You're like, there's absolutely no way that one of these people are going to say yes, or even both are going to say yes. And then you're like, oh, no, they did. They did it. Oh, no. And I feel like that is what is going to happen. There is doubt in the back of my mind because of Kwame's situation with his mother. Um, he seems very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Affected. Not like it's rocket science he seems very affected by the fact that his mom isn't on board or isn't even there um, he also just has expressed serious concerns about moving to seattle uh and i gotta say i kind of got a different perspective of chelsea this time around i still really like her a lot um but when they were shopping. And and she was just like acting like they're the best couple in the world. And Kwame's like, you're just going to pretend like we didn't get in a fight 20 minutes ago. And she's like, you're really going to throw me under the bus. So that is just a little bit of a red flag to me, obviously, that they're putting on um, for the cameras. Actually, something that Gibson tweeted last week was that they should do it summer house style and have, you know, the hidden cameras or like real world style. I don't know if that's how they shoot real world. Honestly, I haven't watched it in decades, but so you like can't escape, you know, like the seventh layer of hell. Okay. Let's move on to Micah and Paul. We've all seen the little teaser that Micah makes Paul goes first. And I think he's going to say no. And I think she's going to be happy that he says no. um, Because I just don't see any chemistry with them, like point blank period. And you know, Paul, very analytical. He's like, you know, my hypothesis is that we would be divorced in six months. You know, not like that. I shouldn't be so mean, but it's not wrong. Okay. Brett and Tiffany, they better get married. I decided, and I even said this and I tagged the both of them in it and they saw it and they shared it to their Instagram story. So I have to stand firm and And what I said, because I don't want to be a liar, I said, if Brett and Tiffany do not get married, I'm calling off my own wedding. Because if they're not in love, none of us are in love. Absolutely none of us are in love. And I will just not be okay in my heart if they do not get married. Zach and Bliss, I also think they're going to get married. I think that Zach will be like all in. I think the edit is going to play out like Zach is 100% all in. He's ready. Bliss is his soulmate. They both love owls. They both want to dance to I Hope You Dance. And they're just the perfect little nerds for each other. And I think Bliss, we're going to see a little bit of hesitancy because her dad was so brutal about the whole situation. Can we also talk about the baby angel that is Bliss's mother? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. When she was like, I'm going to be your mother. Oh, my gosh. We were all crying. I can't think of it too much because I will start crying again. So I think that Bliss is going to end up saying... Yes. Although, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She might say no. Cause she was a second choice and her dad's like really pissed off about the whole thing. So who knows, but I have to say, I am thoroughly enjoying the season of love is blind. I think, um, I've said this before, but the pace is so much better. It's moving faster. Everything is intriguing. The only people that I'm bored by honestly are Micah and Paul. And, uh, I think you guys probably agree okay anyways thanks again for hanging out for another episode of mpt don't forget bachelor brain dump comes out on the patreon tomorrow on monday we are going to break down the love is blind finale and the reunion on extra pop if you want to subscribe the link is in the description below is there anything else i need to tell you nope that's it so i'll see you friday i'll see you monday or i'll see you next week thursday for another mpt love you like a sis Mahura Media Production.